Welcome to the Career Thrivers Podcast, where we're not just barely surviving in our careers, but we are boldly thriving as leaders. I'm your host, Brittany N. Cole, keynote speaker, author, CEO, and your partner in growth. I've spent over the past decade teaching leaders to develop, retain, and advance in their career and with their workforce. And today, I'm here to guide you on your journey. Here at Career Thrivers, we believe that every experience is an opportunity for continuous improvement. And guess what? You're in the driver's seat of that growth. You're the master of your destiny and the architect of your own success. So whether you're a business leader or a career professional, you are in the right place. Are you ready for this? I'm so excited to be here with you. This season, we're gonna be exploring this theme of owning your power. And I firmly believe in the value of ownership and owning your power, not only in your career, but also in your life. We'll delve into thought-provoking discussions, learn from industry leaders, and equip ourselves with the tools and strategies to thrive in our careers. So buckle up, Thrivers, as we gear up to take your leadership skills to the next level. Welcome back to the Career Thrivers Podcast. In today's episode, I am so thrilled about this guest, this next guest that you're about to hear that has been dubbed a leadership and inclusion powerhouse. If you have Instagram, I highly encourage that you connect with her on Instagram, LinkedIn, like before we even get going, because she's such a powerhouse for sure. Selena Resvani is a renowned author, champion for women in the workplace, and she's dedicated herself to providing strategies that help to up- uplift women and marginalized voices in their uh, careers. So with her latest book, and I'm going to encourage you to grab a copy of Quick Confidence, she delves into the art of how do you cultivate self-assurance, especially in your career, in a professional context as a leader. And so today we're going to dive into Selena's insights, gather some invaluable tips to really take your confidence to the next level to thrive in your career. So Selena, welcome to the show. (laughs) Thank you so much, Brittany. I feel like I'm doing a little book cheers with you over here. Um, And I'm such a big fan of your voice and your work and inspiration you give all of us. So thrilled to be here. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining me here. And thank you for your leadership as well. You know, your career spans across different roles. You're a sought after keynote, an author, of course, you you speak and you do work directly with organizations. Talk to us a little bit about your career journey. What brought you to this line of work? Yeah, well, I really feel like I get to, Mm -hmm. I get to work on a mission that drives me every day, which is to help people be more confident Mm self-advocates. And I say that as a recovering good girl, I call it myself, who struggled a lot of my own life to ask for what I want, you know, to advocate for my needs. And I saw plenty of other people struggling with that as well, particularly in the workplace. Um, So it really got me fired up to research leadership and self-advocacy to interview over 75 women over the years in C-level positions, you know, to to understand how they advocated their way to the top uh, and through their careers. And so... Those interviews, Brittany, were such an education. 
changed my life and became a book, a business, a second book, and today a, a third book, um, Quick Confidence. I love that. And I love the title of your book, your latest book, Quick Confidence. It certainly is timely, particularly for women that find themselves perhaps working in a male-dominated industry or working in an environment where they might be second-guessing and thinking a lot about how they show up and wanting to be their best. what Tell us a little bit about the inspiration behind writing the book and why do you, did you believe that this message on quick confidence would be needed in today's workforce? Yeah. Well, I, I don't know about you, but as somebody who runs a speaking business, I felt a huge hit in my self-confidence during the pandemic and, you know, client after client was canceling contracts. And in some cases we had negotiated these for a year. Mm -hmm. um, you know, so it just, I looked around and saw so many people losing self-confidence. You know, many of us were isolated, like lacking any social connection, job uncertainty, mm -hmm health concerns, right? There were so many things that, you know, can impact our self-confidence. And some of the data shows it's the worst for the youngest mm -hmm. people in the workforce, mm -hmm. maybe who have fewer coping mechanisms, you know, and, and you know, fewer uh, kind of tools in place in their life. Um, but I thought to myself, you know, Selena, what is a little kind of fortifier, a little vitamin that you might be able to provide both others and yourself. Um, and I decided one day I want to start a weekly newsletter on LinkedIn. Mm. And so before I chickened out, before I got stuck in overthinking, you know, I made a little colorful header. I created that first piece and I hit publish. And it was the first thing in, in my life to ever go viral, mm. um, to my shock, you know, it went viral pretty quickly and I kept it up week after week and, and it's really become more of a forum, which is awesome. Um, you know, not so much a letter every week, but a forum where people are saying, here's what's worked for me. Here's how I use these tips to network with a little more confidence or to ask for that promotion or raise with more confidence. So, um, I learn from everyone there uh, every week. And uh, fast forward to today, it became a book, which has just been a really th a thrill to bring people mindset tips mm -hmm. for confidence, body language tips for confidence, but also, you know, interaction. What happens when we actually, um, you know, are in those human people moments? How can we bring our confident selves there? Yeah. Yeah. I love that start. Was your newsletter named Quick Confidence? Is that what you called it? Or did you have another name for it? It was. It was. And that's that's exactly what I was thinking of. Uh, just like this little hit of confidence. Um, because, you know, I don't know about you. I think sometimes it can feel really overwhelming. This proposition of like, becoming fully confident mm -hmm. um, or, or dedicating yourself to it in this way. And what I appreciate about this approach, what some readers and clients appreciate about this approach is it's little, it's little daily behaviors mm -hmm. that can add up and make a big difference. Yeah. And I think that's a good 
like mindset reset as well? Because sometimes I think when we think about confidence or we see people rather that we perceive as confident, we think like, oh, they just have it. Like they're the exception. Like, mm-hmm. oh, that's just their personality. They were born that way. They have charisma. Yes. I don't have that. That's not me. Versus it actually being something that is cultivated. And I can certainly relate to that. I remember early in my sales career, like having some of those, you know, doubts, shrinking sort of thinking and um, having challenges with my confidence because my client was so different than me. Like I was a mm. 20 something year old, you know, black woman that was going into these medical offices talking to 50, 60 year old, you know, mm-hmm. largely white male uh, providers. And I'm like, how do I create this connection? How do I feel confident in this space? Mm-hmm. And sometimes as women, we can think that confidence is arrogance. We can think like, well, mm-hmm. I don't want to, you know, show up as being arrogant or I don't want to show up as being offensive if I am overly confident. What would you say? What would you say to the woman who's listening in that might be thinking that, you know, confidence is synonymous with arrogance and that she can't show up confidently because it might rub someone the wrong way? Yeah, well, I really appreciate your story. And I can I can I think a lot of people can relate to it feeling opposite, trying to find a connection point, trying not to come off as too much or too little. You know, and I think when it comes to confidence, women get a lot of messages that they need to temper their confidence Mm -hmm. because you don't want to look like too much. You don't want to have people saying, who does she think she is? Right. Um, And it's very confusing because at the same time, it's like, come on, stand up for yourself. Uh, Speak to your strengths, know your value. Um, So it's a real tightrope, I think, for women. And if they're a little hesitant in this area, I completely understand it. You know, because I think we're afraid to meet bias. We're afraid to be told, tone it down. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think one of the things I like to do is kind of contrast confidence and arrogance. And intuitively, we all probably know what it's like to be around the person who's arrogant. And I think when we see that, it's a repellent kind of behavior you know, it right away kind of smacks as maybe they're belittling others, they're bragging, but they're also kind of deflating other people in the process. Mm -hmm. There's an I'm better um, sense with arrogance. And I think we can think about confidence differently. Confidence tends to attract Mm -hmm. and excite people around you. It's like a form of enthusiasm, right? Um, and these people who are confident, they are aware of their strengths and weaknesses. So there's no sense I'm better than everyone. But there's also like an unapologetic determination to use your strengths, to make the most of them. Um, and I think one other thing confident people do really well is they're good forecasters. Mm-hmm. They're good at taking risks, right? They don't avoid risks. And I think part of that, that forecasting is the ability to say, you know what? I want to try that new thing. I want to level up. I want to ask for a promotion. I have just as good a shot as anybody. You know, and I, I think, again, that's a, that's a difference from I'm better. Than everybody. Yeah, it it definitely is a difference. And I think, you know, we'd be remiss if we didn't also acknowledge in the conversation, because I can hear someone maybe thinking that, well, 
maybe I've tried that or maybe I've, you know, taken on and stepped into that confidence and still been perceived as overly right confident or or in a negative light. And so I know sometimes for women, specifically women at the intersection of race and ethnicity, women of color, there can sometimes be, you know, external messages that cause you to maybe even temper your confidence even more so that you kind of stay in this box. There's a lot of research around uh, the likability complex, particularly for women leaders that as you move up, you know, is it better to be liked or is it better to be respected? You know, and and there's so much that sometimes goes into that, that has more to do with culture um, and creating a culture of inclusion than it does with, you know, how a woman is deciding to show up. But I think your message kind of regardless of what's happening in a work environment is one of boldness. It's one that definitely aligns with like, if you want to thrive in your career, you don't want to be in a space where you feel like you have to shrink. And if you are in that place, it could be a sign that maybe there's another space or place that's better for you if you can't show up confidently. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And and there is no time or room for you to play small and shrink down mm-hmm. to kind of fit in or, you know, play a part. Um, I think one of the other things we can do as women is check our own biases. Um, I'll never forget, I took the I Am Remarkable training with yeah. Google about yeah. encouraging women to self-promote. And one of the things the trainer said on day one was, I was once sitting around hearing new team members introduce themselves and a woman introduced herself and was sharing some of her accolades and what she brings to the table, right? To this new company. And she was like, I found myself saying, oh, stop bragging. Yeah. You know, and so, and she caught herself, right? She had that moment of reflection and and said to herself, wait a minute there's nothing wrong with this. Like she's telling us where she comes from and educating us on her background. Mm -hmm. And I think that's something we can all do. I can certainly cop to, to feeling that at times. Whoa. You know, sounds like you have a high opinion of yourself. Well, you should have (laughs) a high opinion. So I think that's a little internal um, reflection moment, self-check we can all do to say, you know what, I'm going to actually applaud you mm-hmm. for that and say thank you and learn learn from that maybe myself, um, you know, not tear you down. Yeah, that that's such a great point because in the, the research around women's equity, you know, when we think about advocating for women or being a better ally for women, we often think about what men can do to be better, to help women get promoted, mm-hmm. to help women advance. But the research tells us that a lot of the bias that's perpetuated towards women comes from other women. So it's not just that men hold these biases or these perceptions that enable uh, or that keep women from moving forward. Oftentimes it's other women. And I think there's an element even of, um, we were talking a little bit earlier uh, about this sense of intimidation that is often a sign of the lack of self-work when it comes to personal leadership that we invest in to ensure we have the right mindset, kind of like the the instructor at that I Am Remarkable um, workshop. What what thoughts do you have around this idea that, you know, sometimes in the workplace, women are intimidated by women who do possess this quick confidence? Yeah, well, I think that that can happen, especially when numbers of women are scarce. Mm-hmm you know, particularly at the top, which in so many industries is the case, you know, and it 
it can create territorialism or even perceptions of that kind of thing. We already know women in leadership are seen as less likable than their male peers who are equally qualified, right? Just the fact that they're leading um, and in this role makes them less likable to many people. And, and that's not just to men, right? It's in general because it's, it's going against some old gender stereotypes. I think all of us are going to face intimidation at times. Maybe we're the one uh, people are perceiving as intimidating. And if that's the case, if people are telling you routinely you're intimidating, um, you know, it might be about them. It might be. It might be their story, their issue. But if it's something you're hearing over and over again, you might want to ask yourself, am I sending the message to others? Uh, don't come too close. Keep out. Yeah. Um, like stay, stay over there. Uh, you know, are you quick to shoot ideas down? You know, is it kind of my way or the highway? Are you open to feedback mm -hmm. and ideas? Um, I think that's something to consider if you're seen as the intimidator. I think if you're feeling intimidated, I talk about this in quick confidence. There are some really powerful things you can do in terms of mindset. And one of them is to make a point to interact with the person, not the power. There's an old saying I, I really like to illustrate this. And it says, if you put somebody up on a pedestal, don't be surprised if they start to look down on you. You know, and, and when we create that big deferential of you're up here, I'm down here, you're the CMO of the Fortune 50 company, and I'm blinded by your title. Um, it's, it's really hard to do our best to, to think our best to speak in a way, you know, that summons all of our power and best ideas, right? Cause we're feeling ugh, so small or so intimidated. Um, so making that point instead that I'm not going to talk to the CMO of the fortune fit, you know, I'm going to talk to Rachel. Yes who is probably a friend, is maybe a sister, a mom, um, you know, a colleague mm -hmm. who, you know, does some of the ordinary just like me. Yeah. You know, and, and to remember some of the common humanity too. This person has um, wanted to make a good first impression just like me. This person has had days they felt really down on themselves, most likely, mm -hmm. just like me. Mm -hmm. You know, this person has needed to be courageous, just like me. Yeah. You know, and it can shrink some of that gap between they're so intimidating and I'm so this. Yeah. Yeah. That That is such great insight because it's like you're looking for the point of connection. It reminds me of... um. John C. Maxwell's book about um, few, many people communicate, few few people connect. You know, he, he he talks about that. The whole point of communication is connection. So instead of like looking at the difference, like oh, they're five levels above where I am, like finding that point of connection. Hey, Thriver, have you ever had that feeling like you're doing all of the things, but you're still in the same place? If you're ready to unleash your full potential and to move beyond feeling stuck, stagnant, overlooked and overwhelmed, you're in the right place. I have an exciting tool for you called the Own Your Power Checklist, and it's the ultimate guide to helping you to own your personal power to thrive as a leader. 
Now this checklist is gonna help you to do four things. Number one, it's gonna help you to own your unique personal power and to really weld it. It's gonna help you to embrace your authenticity, to develop self-awareness, to take ownership and hold yourself accountable. And then lastly, how to trust your instincts and turn those obstacles into opportunities. I'm so excited for you to cultivate an authentic personal brand and remain resilient without it costing you your well-being. Why? Well, because now is the time. Now is the time for you to move beyond the barriers and to create new opportunities. Now is the time for you to stop being passed over and to start being recommended in rooms that you're not even in. Now is the time for you to stop feeling stuck and stagnant and to align your strengths to accelerate your growth. Now is the time for you to step into the leader that you were always meant to be. So don't miss out on this opportunity. Click the link to download the Own Your Power checklist now. Take the next step towards owning your personal power and thriving as a leader. Get your checklist today at careerthrivers.com forward slash podcast. It's your time to thrive. I love that. Yeah. There's more than we think, yeah. right? There's yeah. often more than we think just from outer appearances. Absolutely. And a lot of that sounds like to having a sense of self-assuredness. I know you talk about that in the book, just strategies to kind of cultivate that sense of being assured in yourself. What are some of those that listeners can take away? Yeah, I have a favorite one that's made a difference in my life. It's helped a lot of clients and uh, I think it'll help your listeners too. But particularly if you're feeling a little socially rusty, you know, after the pandemic, um, trying to remember how to human again, how to um, kind of get out there and make good first impressions. There's a tactic I really love that I call dog code, and it can especially help you with social confidence. And, and if you think about it, right, when you open the door to go to somebody's house who has a dog, what does that dog typically do? They don't stand in the corner and talk it over with their friends. Oh, should I go up to Brittany? Uh, I'd like to talk to her, but I, I don't know if she, you know, maybe I'll catch up with her later, <laughs> right? They don't talk it over with their friends. They don't overthink it. They simply come right up to you. And I think there's something we can all learn from that, you know, in, in terms of how we want to show up in the world, which is if there's somebody you want to make that connection with, be the first. You know, be the first to go up to that person at a party and say hello. Um, be the first in your corporate networking event to kind of greet the new person who you know doesn't have a lot of connection points. Yeah. Um, be the first to kind of welcome the person from another department your department hasn't had a great relationship with in the past. There's something wonderful that can happen when we make it the standard. Mm -hmm to be the first and to initiate in that way and uh, to sidestep that overthinking, yeah. you know, in the process. It's really cool. Yeah. And it can also, I imagine, be powerful for creating a culture of belonging. Like uh, as you were describing that, I just saw a picture of like, wow, what would it look like if everyone on a team or in a department took that approach to be the first to go up to someone and look for a point of connection. What role do you believe? I know you, you are also passionate about inclusion. What role do you believe this idea of creating and cultivating quick confidence plays on creating a workforce that's more equitable? Yeah, I think it's so important. And I love 
in writing about this topic that it's not just about filling our own bucket and and our own fulfillment, right? But it is about these little ways we can give micro validations to other people. We can extend votes of confidence to others. Um, I don't know about you, Brittany, but some of my best mentors and teachers saw a potential in me that I didn't necessarily see at the time. And it meant everything. Mm -hmm. It meant everything. And so I, when I talk about extending confidence to others, it's not just boosters like, Brittany, you rock. You're amazing. Uh, keep going. Right. It's actually times you might notice people being overlooked, belittled, invisible in the room. Um, so maybe, uh, someone on your team's kind of being talked over. Right. The research says women are more likely to be interrupted mm -hmm. by both men and women being the one to say, Laura, I'd really like to hear the rest of your idea. Putting the spotlight back on a person is a small validation. How about defending them from criticism? Maybe there's somebody who people are quick to go. Uh, I don't take you seriously. And maybe that's unfair. You might say, wait a minute, let's hear this idea out. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, these are such little moments, but they're not little to the person who feels overlooked, invisible. Um, I think another one is, you know, defending them from being micromanaged. I remember being micromanaged at a time in my career, and it was like so painful to your morale mm -hmm. and your, you know, your self-esteem. Totally. Um, you know, so even that is something you could kind of shield somebody from a little bit. You know what? I don't think we need uh, Joanne to weigh in on Monday's event. I trust her to make the call. You know, so there's so many ways we can do this. And of course, like just good old recognition, yeah. you know, recognizing their leadership and calling it out in the group. Um, Kim, you just made a great point that we had totally overlooked up until this point. Um, so the sky's the limit, but no, that little act can really make a difference for somebody else. Yeah, it, it does. It makes a difference for the person. It also makes a difference for the culture of the organization. It's something that we share a lot at, at Career Thrivers. It's like, you know, you have a likely a page on your website that talks about the culture of your organization, but really the culture of your company is what's happening in those small moments. The culture is, yeah. what does Selena say the culture is based on how she was recognized in that meeting or over talked and dismissed, right? Like that's the culture. So it's all those micro moments that really add up to someone being able to say, oh yeah, not only is this a best places to work on this list, but it's also a best places to work for people like me because I experience this sense of belonging and inclusion. So I love that you, um, and if you have the book, it's chapter two, creating belonging wherever you go, really connect the dots of like this confidence, not only being self-serving, but really being a great tool for retention, for inclusion and belonging within an organization. Um, I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you about this, um, you know, trending, what can I call it? Like this, this trending language that I'll ha I have to say personally for me, Selena is language that I encourage women not to adopt in it, but I'm going to, I'm going to say it for the purpose of the conversation, uh, okay, okay. Idea. but this whole idea around imposter syndrome, like I really believe 
you know, we over index on not only what it is, but like having it and what to do about it. Um, because I don't think anyone, especially most women are some of the hardest workers within organizations. Like you certainly aren't an imposter, right? But certainly yeah, right. we all can relate to having feelings of self-doubt or second guessing, or maybe even overthinking. What advice would you share with women who might be in a new role or in an experience where they're feeling more of that, either based on their environment or just working to build more confidence? Well, one surprise from interviewing so many C-level women was that many of them regularly feel this. Mm -hmm. So I think there was a, a major shift for me that we don't necessarily all, and I mean all of us people, not just women, graduate out of this one day and never have those thoughts. For me, for my clients, what has been most effective with imposter self-doubt thoughts has been less fighting it, battling it inside or trying to banish it. But I find it's better to expect it at times, to expect that you may experience those self-doubt moments. A well-lived life, if you think about it, it's not all cushy and soft and, you know, all throw pillows, you know, <laughs> permanently yeah. doubt-free. Yeah. It's, it's not right. And these imposter thoughts are often proof. You are challenging yourself. You are pushing the edge of your comfort zone. So I think there's a way a power when we can expect it at times and say, you know what? I am in new territory. Maybe I'm doing something very new. Maybe when you started your podcast, you know, you had moments of this or a first time book writer, sure. first time giving a public speaking kind of talk um, where it's normal to say, am I going to be okay? Will I survive this? Will I, you know, and have some of those thoughts. It's how you self coach through them. That makes all the difference. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, make a point to not be this heat seeking missile for your negatives or your perceived weaknesses, but really try hard to bring a balanced picture yeah. because, um, one of the differences between confident people and not confident people is they really look for their signature strengths mm. and they cultivate them mm -hmm. into superpowers. Mm. And you can do that too. Yeah, that is definitely powerful. I'm curious about your take on like the fake it till you make it approach when you are kind of in the middle of, you know, heading towards mastery, but maybe not quite there yet with a strength or skill set. What are your thoughts on the fake it till you make it? Yeah, you know, I think in the very short term, it can work at times for us. You know, you might be up for a certain job interview and faking confidence at the job that kind of scares you. Sure, it might help you look more self-assured. It might help you kind of land that job. Longer term, though, I see that as a flimsier kind of confidence and, and not the, uh, the answer, you know, the thing to strive for. I think really what's going to help you develop that durable, longer term kind of confidence is, again, to develop that healthy respect for your value, your strengths. So this is not a temporary act you're playing, mm -hmm. you know, a role, 
but truly a, a healthy respect and unapologetic knowing of the value that you bring yeah. and being able to acknowledge that and be conversant about it. Um, that's what's going to help you. So I think doing that, keeping promises that you make to yourself, these are, are things that can help us build some of that long-term confidence, that self-trust. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I always love when it is put that way, um, self-trust, because I think particularly for women, and it's probably connected to some of the self-doubt that, that we were talking about. It's like we question ourselves, like we don't trust our training, our experiences, our results, right, that have been documented. And I think sometimes just spending time reflecting on what have I already done, right? Like, you know, most listeners or many listeners might be list people and you've got all these to-do lists on things <laughs> that you need to get done. But sometimes it's just good to reflect on like, what's my to-done list? Like, what have I already accomplished? What have I already done? And that can be a great way to kind of remind yourself of like, okay, you know, and I'm sure like a quick confidence boost as well. You know, a lot of our listeners, Selena, are, are women, mothers as well. And I know you, you are a mother also. I'm curious from both your research and from your own personal experience, you know, the role that culture and upbringing play on your expression of confidence, but also how does it play a role in maybe how you parent to cultivate really confident kids, particularly girls? Yeah. Well, you know, I think our upbringings can affect everything. And I'd say from so many clients who come up to me, so many of the stories I hear are from people who grew up in an especially, um, in a household where they were taught it's really important to defer to authority. And some of the challenges that can come with that when you are an adult in the workforce, you know, maybe navigating the workplace and needing to do some of the opposite mm -hmm. with your authority figures, right? Sometimes you need to challenge the status quo and outright disagree mm -hmm. with somebody who's your boss or the more senior person. Sometimes you need to ask for money and say, I'm undervalued here. And here's this bold proposal I'm making, um, you know, Sometimes it may be that we're advocating for something for someone else, like a promotion that they are very deserving of. All these things kind of fly in the face of how we might have been raised. You know, don't take too much. Yeah. Don't rock the boat. Don't, you know, don't be greedy. Mm -hmm. um, and, and so I think there's like a level of unbecoming <laughs> we need to do mm -hmm. sometimes. Um you know, to reassure ourselves, to give ourselves like a yellow permission slip, you can do this. Yeah. It is okay. There is a, such a thing as healthy entitlement, mm. you know, where you have the right to ask for more, to disagree, to challenge the way it's being done. Uh, and I think that's such an important mindset shift for those of us. And I include myself in this group who might've grown up uh, that way. Um, you know, especially like, a, it's better to be seen than heard as that, a kid, you're, you're not going to be, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're not going to be used to speaking up. Mm -hmm. It's going to feel very alien 
um, to do this all in a sudden. So giving yourself some grace, um, encouraging yourself, giving yourself some permission to, to start is really important. Um, I think as a mom, I have boy girl twins who are going to be 11 soon. Um, the biggest thing for me is that growth mindset mm -hmm. and really instilling in them that just about everything is figure outable. Yeah. You know, trying to not correct, but encourage them when they say, I'm no good at, say, I'm still trying to figure that thing out. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. like a reframe that's not damning and final and a conclusion yeah. about you and math or you and whatever mm -hmm. the subject mm -hmm. is, but it's uh, it's that I'm a work in progress. I, I can, you know, through experience, exposure, education, I can always learn a little bit more and a little bit more. Yeah. And I, I hope that gives them a kind of confidence because it's something in my own life I think I learned later. Mm -hmm. um, I really was in the like, you're good at it or you're not, mm. you know, camp as a kid. Sure. Sure. Yeah. I love that. Well, as we wrap up here for anyone that's listening, that's like, okay, I need to learn more. I'm going to subscribe to the quick confidence newsletter, but I'm also going to pick up the book. Maybe what's one message or story even, or takeaway that you hope that listeners our thrivers here take away from your book. Oh, there's so many. Um, but one of the, the quick things I want to share is is get comfortable describing yourself as tenacious mm. meaning be willing to go back a few more times when something doesn't work out and say how about now how about under these slightly different conditions um how about with this tweak to what i'm proposing or asking for um, this happened to me once in my life and it was such a teachable moment I had a, a really exciting opportunity um, several years ago to interview to be a global spokesperson for a big tech company. And I was like overjoyed. I could not believe it, Brittany, that they had even called. Um, and as excited as I was in the days that led up to that interview, I just felt like swimming in self-doubts you know, swimming in self-doubts. Are they sure they invited the right person? Those kind of thoughts. Mm -hmm. And as that interview unfolded, you know, fast forwarding to the day of, I did not bring my meanness, you know, my Selena-ness. Mm -hmm. I kind of gave them this diet Sprite version of me because I remember thinking, I don't belong here, you know, and it hurt, but I wasn't too shocked a few days later when I got that polite uh, sorry, Selena, uh, we're going to go another direction, but please stay in touch. Mm -hmm. Right. And, and as much as that hurt and as much as doubt thoughts kind of drove me in that moment, um, there was one silver lining, which is they said in that email, keep in touch. Mm -hmm. And after drinking some rosé and <laughs> eating a lot of Milano cookies, <laughs> under the covers, uh -huh. I, uh, I went back to them and I said, look, I understand that didn't work out. I have a different idea for a collaboration. And, uh, I explained it. And, and just like that, they said, yes. Mm. 
And so I hope and anyone who's feeling a little bit down, um, frustrated, uh, upset maybe about those doubtful moments, moments when your confidence might have been low, see if there's a way for you to author a different ending. See if there's a way for you to bring that tenacity and go back two more times, three more times and say, how about like this? What about under these conditions? And so I hope that's something you'll take away with you if you're listening today. Um, be tenacious. I love that. I think it is such a powerful message, not only for our corporate leaders that are listening, but also for our entrepreneurs as well. It's like certainly in that space, it's like the the funding sometimes is in the follow up. So yes, that's a beautiful way to say it. Powerful. <laughs> powerful reminder for us. Well, thank you so much for joining us here on the Career Thrivers podcast. Thank you for the work that you do, helping us to elevate our confidence. And we look forward to seeing what comes next. Thank you for everything, Brittany. Lead on. And that's a wrap on today's episode, Thrivers. Remember, the power to thrive is in your hands. You have the strength, the patience, the passion, and the brilliance to reach for your next level and to seize it. Never forget that you are not alone on this journey. Together, we will learn, grow, and make strides to lead well. I'm Brittany and Cole reminding you to trust your instincts, to honor your strengths, to embrace those opportunities, and to own your power. Remember, download the All Your Power checklist to keep you on track with your growth over at careerthrivers.com forward slash podcast. Thank you for joining us on the Career Thrivers podcast. Stay tuned for our next episode. And until next time, as we break boundaries and own our power, let's thrive together. Thank you.